Um, we were at a church last weekend, and the um, person who was giving the announcements knocked over a table. And they said, how many of you know our church isn't perfect? <laughs> and he said, we just want to be a demonstration to you this morning that people aren't perfect. Isn't that right? So uh, aren't you glad that there's allowances for all of us? Praise the Lord. We're so thrilled to be with you. Aren't you glad you came? Uh, already praise god you set your clocks ahead and you're here glory to god and so uh let's make everybody else feel welcome when we when they meander in a little bit later at least you have two services here so you can you know the ones who are going to be late for this service will at least make the second one so that's pretty good but you made the effort to uh to change things up and to be here and i'll tell you what um one thing that it's always good to be open to is change Amen. And it's an amazing thing that just setting our clocks ahead freaks some people just totally out, doesn't it? It's like, what? I feel just all discombobulated and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, of course, Kevin and I travel all the time. And so we're constantly setting clocks back and forth and back and forth. And so we just kind of have a joke in our own house. And we just call it body time, whatever body time is. Who knows what it is on the clock? We say, well, it feels like it's, you know, something else. So, And we don't go by feelings anyway. So there you go. Amen. We're thrilled to be back at Heart of the Bay. Thank you, Pastor Mark and Brenda, for having us. And uh, we, we had a, a very quick chat just before the service this morning, so we're looking forward to catching up a little bit more. But great to see you both. We just appreciate and honor you so much and your faithfulness and your faith in God. It's just such a demonstration. You know, um, we go back a long way. <clears throat> um, and uh, not always so really close the whole long way, but just watching each other's ministries, you know, um, it, it's an amazing thing. The longer we go about this business of church and this business of the ministry and all this that we do, uh, when you see longevity in ministry, it just speaks volumes. And uh, your pastors have been so faithful to God and to you to this community, to this area, you know, and, and so it's just an honor for us to be a part of it. Praise God. We're just glad to be here. Amen. Um, we want to let you know about a few things we have with us. We, we have a table set up in the foyer and we call it our impartation table. We stole that from Dr. Jerry Savell. He calls it his impartation table. I like that because you can get products at the grocery store. Isn't that right? But we believe you can get impartations at that table out there. Impartations from the Holy Ghost. Kevin and I both minister, preach, and teach the word. And so we both have some materials there that will be a blessing to you. I'm just going to highlight a few things, kind of let you know what's there, all right? This is a single message on CD by Kevin called Holy Ghost Power. Holy Ghost. Everybody say Holy Ghost Power. Amen. How many of you know the Holy Ghost is here on the earth? Amen. Just the way that Jesus walked on the earth when he was here in his physical body. Now the Holy Spirit is the representation of the Godhead on the earth. Amen. We don't keep him in a back room. <laughs> Amen. He's here with us. Glory to God. And he is and wants to be a part of our everyday life. And everybody's looking for energy. Everybody's looking for power. Everybody's looking for something to encourage and strengthen them. But Jesus said these words, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes on you. Amen. There is something to be cultivated, your relationship with the Holy Ghost, that you know what he's in you for. Amen. And uh, it's only $5 for that. It'll bless you. Praise God. And then also, this is another one, just $5 on CD, just one CD. It's called Mind Games. Mind Games. If you watch the news more than once a week, you need this. 
How many of you know the enemy likes to play with your mind? Amen. And the reason I say that is because a lot of times people only come to church one time a week, but then they fill up their minds with everything the world thinks and everything the world does, even if it's just on the news. I mean, you realize the news isn't just reporting anymore. It's a lot of commentary. And they want to tell you how to feel about the news, right? And they say, well, should we be afraid? The experts say. And the other person says, yes, we should. Oh, my goodness. We don't have time for that. And then um, this is another single message on CD called All In. All In. You know what? That's, I, I, of course, it's a gambling term. <laughs> However, I like what it means. Because it means you believe what you've got beats everything else everybody else has got. Everything the world's got. And so you, there's no risk. You just go all in. I believe what we have in the word of God. And what we have with the power of the Holy Ghost. The greater one living on the inside of us. We've got the thing that beats everything else the world's got. Everything else the devil's got. Amen. So I'm all in. How about you? Glory to God. Amen. Fully surrendered to him. We also have music. I see the world in worship and uh, Kevin has a CD called Awesome God. We also have this one completely in Spanish. For those of you who speak Spanish, you'll want to have that as well. And we've got some wonderful other things. So please stop by the impartation table and just kind of see what jumps out at you. Is that all right? Hallelujah. Did you bring your Bibles with you today? Time change Sunday. Time to change. Amen. Time to change. Everybody say time to change. Amen. How many of you know that change isn't always uncomfortable? Amen. Sometimes change is good. I think sometimes we get, we kind of, um, uh, fool ourselves into thinking that change is going to hurt, but sometimes you just change your clothes. You feel better. You know, sometimes you just ladies change your hair. You feel better. Isn't that right? Different things. You just, you know, change is a good thing. Praise God. It's a growing thing. It's an opportunity. Praise God. We ought to be getting, um, uh, closer and closer to him in our fellowship. Amen. More intimate with him. And, uh, isn't that what this is all about? It's about Jesus. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, would you open them with me to Ephesians chapter three? And I'm going to read out of the King James simply because I don't want to get rid of this Bible. <laughs> I know where everything is. I just don't, you know, that's the change I don't want to make right now. <laughs> uh, I, I am convincing myself that I need to change and update a little bit, but I just really like my Bible. Hallelujah. But Ephesians chapter three is probably a pretty familiar portion of scripture to a lot of us, but I'm going to begin in the 20th verse, which is probably the most familiar of this chapter, Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, it says this now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think anybody like this so far. Don't we like to shout about this verse that God is able. How many of you know he's able? How many of you know he's willing? Praise God. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. Aren't you glad that God can do something bigger than your brain can figure out? Because haven't you tried to figure it out? Aren't there things that you lie awake at night sometimes? You know, if you're not careful, lie awake at night sometimes just trying to figure things out. How are we going to do this? How are we going to get out of that? How are we going to make this happen? How are we going to do that? Well, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. 
Praise God. I, I kind of, I like to think I'm a daydreamer in some, some respects. I'm, I've got vision, you know, I like to watch HGTV. I get vision, right? And I heard some, somebody say that HGTV really stands for how God talks vision. <laughs> so I like to think, you know, that I think big and I can, you know, imagine things and all that, but God, oh my goodness, has so much more in store for us. Hallelujah. More than you can dream more than you can think. Amen. So we get excited about this verse, but how many of you know that verse doesn't stop with the fact that God is able to do some things. It goes on to say, according to, according to, or you could even say it this way, limited to. We don't usually want to say that God's limited by anything. But he puts himself in a situation. Oftentimes, he'll put himself saying, I can do this if you'll do this. Because with God, there's always a God part and a man part. There's always two parts to it. Why? God wants a relationship with us. Amen. He's not trying to make you do something. He wants to work with us on everything. That's why there's a God part and a man part. He wants a relationship. He wants a working daily fellowship with us. And so he says, I'll do this, but come on, meet me, do this. Let's do it together. And too many times we try, you know, religion, I'll say it this way. Religion makes it all God. That you have very little or nothing to do with anything that happens in your life, according to God. Religion keeps God way up here saying, you know, uh, he's just got his own way of doing things. You can never know, but you should just serve him. Amen. God's not looking just for servants. He's looking for sons. Amen. Praise God. Now, sons, when they honor their father, will serve. Amen. But he's looking for a family. He's looking for a relationship. So he said this, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. According to the power that works in us. Well, we can get all excited and shout about that. But what it is the power he's talking about? Because if we get all excited about the fact that he's able to do things according to the power that works in us, if we don't know about the power, it's still not going to work. It's like the electricity in your home. You know, the power company sends it to your house, but once it gets to your house, their responsibility ends. <laughs> if you've got breakers that are wrong or things that are shortened out, it's not the power company's responsibility. They're not supposed to be calling you every day and saying, is the, is the outlet working in your living room? If it's not working in your living room, you know, you need to fix it. You need to find out who can fix it or fix it yourself, whatever it takes. But it's your responsibility in your house. Right. So we sometimes are looking at God like, why isn't this happening? Why isn't that happening? You said you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or think. What's going on? He's going, it's not my problem. It's your house. <laughs> It's your house. Fix it. So let's back up a few verses and find out what he's talking about here so we can fix it. So we can let that power really flow in us so that he can do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. Let's start reading then in the ver in verse 14. 
For this cause, I bow my knees. Pastor, do you speak this fast every Sunday? <laughs> I feel like I'm talking a mile a minute. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, okay, we got to get this. We got to get all this in here in this certain amount of time. We got to, we got to just a couple of shots at you. I feel like I'm, <laughs> but I'm also really excited about it. So it's part of that. All right. Well, we, we set our clocks an hour ahead. We're still going, you know? <laughs> So for this cause, I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, here we go again with the family, the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. See, the thing that God is most concerned about for you is your inner man. The part of that's the real you because everything comes out from there with God. Everything starts on the inside. Even your healing. It doesn't start with the physical organ. That's not working. It starts in your spirit because God is a spirit. He communicates spirit to spirit. So everything has to start there. Too many times we want to start on the outside and, and work our way in. You know, we want to, we want to have a surface kind of relationship with God. Sometimes that's why sometimes people only come on Sundays, you know, they just come to church on Sunday morning. I just want what's on the surface. Pastor, give me a good message. Send me off, make me happy. You know, and we kind of have just this little thing on the outside and we don't really dig deep. And then, and then we think, why aren't people deeper? They're not digging deeper because they're trying to come from the outside and get closer to God. When you start on the inside where he lives and find out who you are in here first. And then it works its way to the outside and things begin then to change. Amen. Praise God. You know, your inner man is what he's really concerned about. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded. Everybody say rooted and grounded. Rooted and grounded means there's some stability. Amen. You, you might ask yourself this question. What moves me? <laughs> What's the thing that, that triggers the, uh, oh, <laughs> what's the thing that says, oh no, not this. We need to be rooted and grounded. Amen. But notice what he says to be rooted and grounded in, in love. Rooted and grounded in love that you may be able to comprehend with all saints. What is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Now notice the words he uses here, the breadth, the length, the height, the depth. So he's talking about the full spectrum of the love of God. That's not on the surface. That doesn't just stay on the surface. This means you need to explore. (laughs) You need to find some places. How far will the love of God go? How deep will the love of God go? When you're at your lowest, will the love of God reach you? When you're, when you're, uh, you know, you're, you or family members seemingly are beyond reach. How far will the love of God go? If you don't know, 
if you don't comprehend, notice what he says will happen if you do comprehend this. If you do comprehend the length, the breadth, the height, and the depth, it says this. Then you'll be filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God. How many of you think some things would change if you were filled with all the fullness of God? Would your body change? Could your relationships change? Could your finances change if you are filled with all the fullness of God? How does he say this happens? By knowing and being rooted and grounded in the love of God. But he said, this is a love that passes knowledge. So how does he expect us to know something that passes knowledge? Is this a trick question? Because once you know it, he he finally finishes up then with that verse that says now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of us. Now, now when now after you are rooted and grounded and you know a love that passes knowledge. Now he said, I'm able to do something in your life. Until you really begin to comprehend the breadth, the length, the depth, the height of his love to you. If you don't know that you are limiting that power. You're limiting his ability to do some things in your life. Why? We stop him from doing things in our life and we count ourselves out way too many times. I remember, of course, Brother Hagen's testimony. You know, Pastor mentioned that we traveled with Brother Hagen. We all came kind of from, he's our spiritual father. And so we, you know, can recall a lot of testimonies and stories that he's told over the years. But he tells of, of an experience he had with the Lord when he was caught up into a vision. He saw, he was caught up to heaven. And he's, he was standing at the feet of Jesus right there in his presence. And he said these words to the Lord. He said, I melted and I put my hands on his feet and my face on his, on my hands. And I said, Lord, I'm so unworthy to look upon your face. I can imagine that feeling. If you saw Jesus face to face, you might have that response. Because he is all holiness, all God, absolutely pure, sinless. Amen. But how many of you know the Bible says we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ? Not by anything we did. It's not by our works, the Bible says, so that we can't boast. Amen. But we still are supposed to know how righteous we are. When Brother Hagin put his hands, his hands on Jesus' feet and then put his face in his hands and said, Lord, I'm so unworthy to look upon your face. And Jesus said these words and was very stern. He said, stand upright on my feet. I've made you worthy by my blood. I've made you worthy. See, we, we, we think of all the reasons we're unworthy and I'm sure we can think of a lot. I, I would, I would venture to say 
that most people in this room this morning and and pastor was looking for visitors and other ones and and we said it's family here today so i'm going to talk to family all right family sons of god in this place today i'm sure that there are things in your heart in your mind that you kind of think well you know um god and i've been through this before and therefore you know the bible says come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace in the time of need but when we really are in the time of need do we come boldly or do we come timidly because of all the stuff we know in our own head about us i know my issues <laughs> and i'm not going to share them with you today but we all know our own issues right we all know the stuff the things that we've made mistakes it doesn't even have to be anything huge it's usually just the little stuff that you think man i could do better oh or your own attitude or the way you feel about yourself and that that kind of thing right and if you're feeling that way and getting those thoughts all the time and you're a child of God. You don't know the love that passes knowledge. You haven't really comprehended yet the love that passes knowledge so that when you need God to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think you'll come to him going. Mm, Lord, I, I need I need this, but come to think of it if i were you i wouldn't bless me either <laughs> and we'll come to church and we'll hear messages about how we're more than conquerors how god wants to meet your needs and and this faith message that is so wonderful and we'll leave without ever applying it because we miss this link oftentimes of the length the breadth the depth and the height of the love of God. Amen. Paul said this. Three things remain. Faith. Hope. And love. But the greatest is. Love. You see faith. Believes it. And, and confesses it. Amen. Hope. Expects. But the love of God is the guarantee of why God's going to do anything you just believed and expected. That's why love is the greatest. And that's why the Bible says that faith works by love. Love is the force behind everything God has chosen to do and is doing for his children. Amen. But now it says that we have to know a love that passes knowledge. So look, if you would, with me to Matthew chapter 22, Matthew chapter 22. And let's first of all, just real quickly, look at a love that we are familiar with. Because he said there's a love that passes knowledge. So if we think we know what the love of God is, let's identify it and see if we really do. Let's see if we really do know the love of God. Because I think for most people, we know it to a point. And some of it's just religious um, tradition. Some of it's just what we even think the love of God, how far it could go. Amen. That's why it has to pass knowledge. 
Matthew chapter 22, it says here, starting in verse 35, Jesus is with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It says, then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Everybody say in the law. So here's a lawyer asking a law question. All right. This is a lawyer asking a law question. So Jesus is going to answer his question. He says this. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now that sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? Love your neighbor as yourself. He said, he goes on to say, on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. So the entire Old Testament hangs on those two things. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. So we're familiar with this law, aren't we? We're familiar with this love. Love your neighbor as yourself. The whole Old Testament is based on that. So that can't be the love that passes knowledge. Isn't that right? It can't be a love that passes knowledge. We know that. Even the world knows that. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because they're trying to live. That's, that's how they're trying to get to heaven. Just be good to people. Well, I'm good to people. Goody for you. But there's a problem with this old love. There's a big problem with this old love. If this is the only love that you know, love your neighbor as yourself, what if you don't love yourself? Hypothetical. Sure, it's happened to nobody in this building. What if you don't love yourself very much? What if all those little issues and all those little, you know, things in your head that tell you you're this and you're that and somebody else is better and somebody else can do this more and you've never excelled at this and you'll never make it. All those little voices. What if you believe those? And you don't love yourself very much. If you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself and you don't love yourself very much, your neighbor is in trouble. Isn't that right? If I don't love me very much, you're in trouble. I can't love you any more than I love me, according to this. Right? And we all have issues. We all have little things we got to get over. Right? But you're not going to get over it if this is the only love you know. If I can only love people the way I love me, then I've got to work on me all the time. And if this is the only love you're familiar with, then when you go to God, what are you going to do? You're going to look at you first. That's why we count ourselves out. That's why when we're supposed to come boldly in the time of need, we come timidly. Because we start looking at all the things we don't do or we don't measure up or how could God really love me the way I am? I've got so much work to do. See how we count ourselves out. That's old love. That is not a love that passes knowledge. 
That's a love that in your mind makes you work for every relationship, makes you work for every, and it makes you critical and judgmental because you're that way to yourself. And if you're that way to yourself, that's the way you're going to be to everybody else. I think most Christians have rewritten John three sixteen. For God was so fed up with the world. Because, <sighs> you know, don't, don't we look at us and look, look at them, Lord, look at them. Them. And, you know, he's like, don't you love them? And you're like, no, Lord, you didn't see who I was pointing at. <sighs> them. Yeah, don't you love them? What? You can love them because you're thinking about you going, you, that would mean then you'd have to love me because they're way worse off than me (laughs) that we think sometimes. So that's just old. Think about the prodigal son. How many of you know, you, you know, the, the, the story of the prodigal son, Jesus told a man had two sons, right? And, um, one of the, the youngest son came to his dad one day and he said, dad, um, I, uh, I see you got a lot of great stuff here. <laughs> Do we have to wait till you die? <laughs> and the, so the dad said, no, you can have everything right now. I'll just give it to you now. So he divided his inheritance to both of his sons. The younger one we know went off, right? Went to Vegas or someplace and spent it all. And people are people. So he did what people do. And uh, not only did he spend it all, now there's a recession. Now there's a famine. Now there's no way to make money. Can't eat. There's nothing. He's got absolutely nothing. And he finds, at least he's trying to get a job, trying to find, find some work. He's feeding some pigs, wishes he was eating what the pigs were eating. The Bible says he came to himself. How many of you would like to think you'd come to yourself at that point? Came to himself. And he said, my father's servants have it better than I do. I'll go to my father's house and ask him for a job. That's his thought. If I could just work for my dad, I know my dad is good to the people that work for him. So I'll just work for him. And that's kind of the mentality we get sometimes. Lord, I'll work it off. I'll do this. I'll do that. Lord, if you'll do this, and we try to make deals. And so this guy was, uh, if I could just get to my dad's house and get a job, I'll at least have a roof over my head and food in my stomach and clothes on my back. And so he's on his way. And the Bible says that his father saw him from a long way off. He looked at him. and He thought, is that him? Is that really my son? He went, wow, he probably wants more money. That's it. I'm just going to wait for it. I'll just see what he wants. But that's not what happened, is it? He ran to him. He ran to him. He saw, he said, that's my son. He ran to him. And when he got to him, he, the Bible says he fell on his neck and tackled him, hugged him and kissed him. Right. And so in, and all of this, he's like, going, that's my son. That's my son. And the whole time his, his son's saying the speech that he rehearsed, which was dad, I've sinned against God. I've sinned against you. I I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just give me a job. And he's just like, he's trying to tell him this and he's, and his dad's hugging him and holding him. And he's going, he's going, son, son, what happened to you? 
You're so skinny. When was the last time you ate? Somebody get him, get him some food. Where's your coat? Where's your shoes? What happened? The son didn't understand the father's love for him. All he wanted was a job. His dad's going, you're home. You're home. I've missed you. Get him a coat. Get him some shoes. Put a ring on his finger. Kill the fatted calf. My son was lost. And now he's found. See, we think sometimes, how can God look at me? But I'll tell you what real love does when you're in the middle of a situation. Real love doesn't look away. Real love will look right into your eyes and say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here for you. There isn't anything that you have done that my love won't cover, forgive, embrace. son had no idea what his father felt about him and really neither did his older brother who stayed his older brother got mad all of a sudden his father was being so nice religious people get that way lord do you know how they've been acting they don't deserve their healing i do i've been faithful god's like it's never been about any of that faithful man will abound with blessings don't misunderstand make no mistake amen but the bible tells us that nothing will separate us from his love nothing that's why he goes on to say will height or depth things present or things to come this is the length the breadth the depth the height of his love nothing will separate you from the love of god so inevitably, that brings up a question. People say, you mean I can do anything? God will still love me? Yep. It's the truth. But let me ask you why you're asking that question. Why would you ask that question? Because when you really know how much he loves you, you're not thinking about how much I can do and he'll still love me. When you realize how much he loves you, your real response will be to love him back with all of your heart, all of your soul and all of your strength. And like I said, when a son really honors his father, he serves him. When you respond to that kind of love, it's not a matter of what can I get away with. It's, oh, God, I'm so thankful. Our pastor has um, <clears throat> several dogs. He's had several dogs over the years and picking up strays here and, and, you know, adopting others here. And he picked up this one dog that was under a bridge. He'd seen him a few days, you know, and, and he kept seeing him under this bridge. And so one day he 
pulled his truck up and he opened the, the door and the dog jumped in. He even had a broken leg. The dog just got, he's like, oh, saved. <laughs> and he took him to the vet, got him all fixed up. His name was Buster. And Buster, out of all the dogs in the house, stayed closer to our pastor than any of the other dogs. He knew that he'd been rescued. <laughs> the other dogs, when the gate opened, would start running, not Buster. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and I imagine he told the other dogs too, don't go. Don't, don't go. It's not good out there. Stay here. You don't know how good he is. When you've received the love of God. When you've received the love of God. Look with me real quickly to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Are you getting something this morning? Trust that you are. Praise God. John chapter 13. Let's look at the love that passes knowledge. Are you ready for God to change your heart today? I can tell already a lot of you are being ministered to by the love of God. But get ready for him to rock your world today. Are you ready? John chapter 13. Verse 34, Jesus said these words, a new commandment. Everybody say new. new, a new commandment. I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. Now it sounds real similar to the old commandment of love. The old commandment said, love one another as you love yourself. Isn't that right? But this one says, love one another as I have loved you. There's a really big word missing out of this new commandment of love. It's the word self. There's no self in it. I don't love you the way I love me. I love you the way he loves me. How can I be critical of someone else if I've been loved? How can I judge someone else if I've been loved? It's free. The love of God is not based on your performance, but your performance will be a response of his love towards you. He first loved us, the Bible says. He first loved us. We didn't do something and then he loved us. He loved us first. Now we respond. Amen. We respond by living holy. We respond by living right. Why? We love him. Not because we're afraid of him, but because we love him. Why? We've been loved. We've been rescued. We've been saved. Praise God. Think about this now. When you approach God. This is so awesome. Now, when we approach the throne of grace. 
we don't look at ourselves first. We look at him first. Oh, try it. (laughs) Try it. When you go to God, look at him first. Don't look at yourself. Don't look at your stuff. Look at him first. Receive his love for you. Yeah, you may have missed it. Yeah, you may have blown it. But first, first, receive the love of God. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in 1 John, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. I want to invite you to believe it today. I want you to invite you to know a love that passes knowledge. Because then he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. I want to invite you to know and believe the love of God for you today. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for your love today. Lord, I know you've been ministering to hearts and cleaning things out and changing things. We're clean by the word that you've spoken unto us. Lord, you said that you are faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we'll confess those things that we've missed it, if we just confess it, Lord, I've missed it. You're faithful and just to cleanse and to forgive. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, it's family today. It's family today. If there are issues in your life, if you know that there are things that you've missed, just tell them. Because he's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. Amen. Just tell him. There's no reason to try to hide it or try to fool him or try to make deals with him. Just receive the love of God today. Hallelujah. Things can change for you, my friend. Things can change for you today. Hallelujah. Receive the love of God fresh and new. Glory to God. With heads still bowed and eyes closed today. I know I'm speaking to Christians, but I want to give you an opportunity to acknowledge the love of God in your life. I'm going to ask you just, because there have been people that you've let dreams go, you've let things slip simply because you kept a distance from your father thinking that maybe he couldn't reach where you are but today you know the length and the breadth and the depth and the height of his love just want to invite you to slip up your hand and receive the love of God right now where you are hallelujah let him just love on you today not asking anybody to come down and pray with me here but I'm just asking you to lift up your hand say God I receive fresh today I'm taking your love today I'm reaching up to you and I know you're reaching out to me Hallelujah. You said if we would draw nigh unto you, you would draw nigh unto us. So, Father, we thank you. We see these hands today. I thank you that we're all cleansed and righteous in your presence. You've made us righteous by your blood. So we stand pure and we stand whole before you today. 
in Jesus' precious name.